Thank you for that selection this morning. The Lord has been catching me this morning as I've been falling, as there have been waves of emotion, as I have uh, talked to my family and talked to Jan this morning uh, around 8 o'clock. It has been a difficult morning for me. And I've talked to some of our denominational leaders who were praying, and then I had to call them back to the leaders. So if I cry this morning, it's acceptable. And if you cry, it's acceptable. We love the Lord. We serve the Almighty God, who is eternal. We have taken the kingdom of all the saints, living in the dead, shall live in and shall be with their God, and we will be his people. We serve the great God. Now I want to be just as transparent as morning as I can be. I will know the way to be. I don't know exactly where God is going to take us this morning. I'm sure it's going to be for a ride, and I'm ready for it. Are you? I hope so. If you have your Bibles, I would like for you to turn to a passage that I selected that I'm going to preach on this morning. It's taken from the Gospel of Luke, and it's uh, chapter 11. Very familiar passage. I'd like you to stand with me to read a portion of this text. I'm not going to read all the verses because I probably can't see all the words. Little love. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. He said to them, we pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who has sinned against us. And lead us not to temptation. And he said to them, Suppose one of you had a friend and had gone to him at midnight and said, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answered, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are with me in bed. I could not have not give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not give up, get up and give you the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Let's pray. Father, we need to talk to you today. We need to know how to pray. We confess to you that already today that we have lost our words. We have simply cried for you. And in our weeping, your spirit has taken over. You have heard the depth of our heart this morning, Father. 
So move within this fellowship, move within this passage. Help us be great communicators with you. For we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe see you. Out of bulletin board, you'll notice that January is the month of prayer for the Anglican Christian denomination. And you're asked to be praying for different people with different days. And we need to be reminded of prayer because prayer just doesn't change people. It changes situations. It changes things. It actually changes history when God's people pray. Now, I grew up in a little church. In fact, the very first Sunday we were there, there were 32 in church. That means there were 26 in the congregation that night. We liked the service. We went back Sunday evening. We had the first time we were in one. My parents came out of a mission background. We went back Wednesday night. They accepted us and loved us. And Wednesday nights were prayer meetings. We prayed. We didn't spend a long time talking about prayer or who needed prayer. We prayed. I was probably somewhere around the third grade and I came home one night in prayer meeting. And I said something to my mother that I eventually regretted. I said, why did Papa Jordan pray tonight for around? Because when we prayed, we got on our knees. And as a whole third grader, I didn't have a lot of flesh on my knees. <laughs> and I kept sitting back and forth. And I was sitting there as a catcher and probably set my fanny on the floor for a while. Because it was a long time prayer. Never forgot what my mother said to me that evening. She said, Dick, it's not how long you pray. It's what you pray. I've never forgotten that. And I watch people come to the Lord. Revival after revival. I saw my clique in high school come to know the Lord. The last time, the spring of my senior year. That God heard my prayers. Prayer changes people. It changes things. My God is a God who hears and answers prayer. Monday morning, in the Carmen Norris prayer chain, there was an announcement of the death of a man who was a farmer. And one time when I was desperate in my life, he and his wife sent me a card. It wasn't what they said in the card. It was the fact that it was the only card I received. And while other people spoke to me, for some reason, that card gave me hope. And I clung to that card for many years. Because I knew God was moving in my life because of that card. There was a bond, and so someone came into my office Monday morning 
and said, why are you crying? And I said, I'm thanking the Lord for a life well lived. For the impact on my life that it had. Tuesday morning, well, actually, Friday week ago, we lost heat in our building upstairs. Tina and Don, I can tell you, and, and Don can tell you all about trying to work in 62-degree weather or colder. We had a bid to put down a whole new system. $36,000. I don't know where your checkbook's at, but Don can tell you where ours is at. We don't have $36,000. And we were praying. We received a phone call from Marshall Tidwell who said, get the furnace. Get what you need. We discovered we didn't need a whole system. We just needed a furnace. So the story gets better. It's not 36. It's probably going to be closer to 15 or 16. Marshall said, get what you need and send us the bill. We're in this together. God heard that prayer. I have a very dear friend on the West Coast. Very next day, he had a heart attack. He was an airplane pilot. He's on our executive council. He stays with me when he comes to town. I went to prayer. I pleaded with God. I'm glad to tell you he's home. He's home. They put a stent in and he went home. I can tell you almost every day of the week, God has answered prayers for me. I also have to say to you that God doesn't answer every prayer that I pray. He didn't answer the prayer. I pray this morning. I got in God's face this morning and I cried. I don't understand the wisdom of God. I don't know the mind of God. But let me tell you, I trust God. I don't have to have all the answers. But I trust God who has all the answers for me and for us. When I came to Charlotte, one of the burdens of my heart was about prayer and prayer ministries. And I soon learned that there was an explosion about prayer. When Jason went off to college in 92, I went into the college, the Warrior College, and I looked for books on prayer. I had to find them in the devotional section, and there were just a few. I went back three years later and I found a whole section. I don't mind telling you that I sit down in front of those books and I wrote down 146 titles on prayer. Because the Church of America has started to learn something about prayer. 
heard somebody, not from our denomination, to say they were amazed that the churches in America could do as much without prayer. <laughs> prayer changes everything. And it's not a matter of learning about prayer, going to a seminar, hearing a class, reading several books. It's a matter of just praying. Because when you pray, you learn prayer. When I got up this morning about 5.30, I went on the internet to see what the news of the day was. CNN, CNN said, Haiti desperate for supplies. Rescue continues. Now we've all seen pictures. And we've all probably prayed. And we've probably written a check or gotten our wallet or made some commitment that we're going to help this nation that lost maybe a hundred thousand people. We can't begin to imagine what's going on in Haiti. But we know that they are desperate. Just for a bottle of water, just for a meal, just for a place to get out of the sun. Henry Blackaby said something one time in a meeting when I was with him in Colorado Springs. He said the situation is desperate in the church. But Christians aren't. I tell you, that was just like an arrow coming through me. Why aren't, why, why am I not desperate? Why, why is there not that hunger, that passion? Why doesn't my heart pant after the Lord? This passage tells us that the disciples had been with Jesus for a while. They had seen some miracles. They had seen the feeding of 5,000. They had seen the raising of Jairus' daughter. They had seen him teach. And they were starting to realize that Jesus would go off and pray before he did these things. And even though they were just simple freshmen, they started to put two and two together and get four. That the power in our Lord's life was in His prayer. And so, one, one of the twelve, who watched Jesus pray, they waited, they heard Him pray, they listened. And at the end of His prayer, they went to Him and said, Lord, why don't you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray? I need to ask you this question. How many times have you asked something from God? And what did you ask for? Because the question tells you much about the person who's raising the question. Does it not? And we have all types of prayer. Some of them are like fire extinguishers prayer. <laughs> Lord, there's a fire. Put it out. Get rid of it. Right now. <clears throat> There's some where we bargain with God. Lord, if you will do this for me, then this is what I'll do for you. But Lord, you do your part first, and then trust me. 
Some of you are grinning because you've probably been there with God. Sometimes you've just wished for things. Lord, I need this and I need that. I need some of those. Just doesn't seem to cut it, does it? Because prayer is more than just being reminded that we need to pray and so we pray out of duty. Those words get very boring. They're not profitable for God or for us. I think we're wasting our time when we pray out of duty. And so this message isn't about how to pray. Here's the ABCs of prayer. This is a course on prayer 101. It's more a message about being motivated to prayer. And so we come back to why do we pray anyway? Why do you pray? Well, there's times in our life that we need direction. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's best. I see a couple of options out here, but I don't see down the road. Well, there's times in my life I was praying to the Lord and I said, Lord, I don't need you to tell me your answer. I don't need to know everything today. But Lord, if you could just give me a roadside. Just tell me that I'm on the right path. Just encourage me so I can go a little bit longer. I need to know. I don't got this at the time. I don't know what was going to do with me. That night about 8.30, a lady called different state. I hadn't talked to her in three years. We have our piano in our home. Little baby piano lessons on up with our permission. And she said, we've just moved. And she said, we've got a bigger place. We've got space. I need to ask you something. I don't know how to ask you. I said, it's all right. I didn't ask you. I knew what it was going to be. She said, can you come and get our piano? Just that week, we had talked about, well, if we go in a different direction, I'm going to do this again. <laughs> and the Lord was just down and saying, Anderson, you know, it was all right if you go up there, you turn it around. You go up longer. Because you see, secondly, not only do you know something about Brexit, but you know something about wisdom. God sees the future. We need to trust Him at times. When we can't see beyond. There's an old story uh, by a man of prayer. Mueller was his name. He was coming from England to Canada to preach. And the service started on Saturday night. And the ship was angry. And he went to the captain and said, I've got to get some Toronto. He says, sir, we can't move. He says, the fog everywhere. Mueller dropped to his knees again to pray. And the captain dropped to his knees and they prayed. Rob Mueller prayed. And the captain started praying and his hand on the captain. He says, Captain, we don't believe God's going to answer your prayer. So don't pray. But he says, get off your knees and go out the door and look. Fall. 
in the skull. And the captain records these long reviews about the problem that God has appointed on Saturday night. God has wisdom. Sometimes we pray for healing in the There are times that God answers our prayers. And for some reason, there are times that God doesn't answer our prayers. There are times in my life in which I've prayed to God and I've gotten desperate with Him. And I've said to the Lord, I remember one night when it did his home. It was raining. The light was raining work that was taking care of enough raining. And I think I was crying more than a little bit. And I was wiping the tears and I couldn't see where I was going. And I said to the Lord, Lord, whether we live or we die, it's yours. I believe that prayer. God did a miracle that night. A miracle at the hospital that didn't answer the next day. God stepped in and did it even. It was miraculous in our life. And I don't know, I wish I could tell you that I am the mind But I do know that there are times that God does things in the physical body that the doctors cannot explain. And it's a miracle. Then I want to say to you that there are times in our lives where we come to God and we believe that God can do anything. Here in other course, God can do anything, anything. God can do anything but fail. Before we moved, there was a man in our community that was the soul of our community. He was the wicked man. I can't begin to describe how wicked he was. And God got a hold of different people in different denominations to pray for him. And in a miraculous way, Sam came to faith in Christ. Now that's the greatest thing that God does. Now he gives direction, he gives wisdom, and he does heal. But the greatest thing he does is save the soul. And there are many times in the life of the church that we plan things and we orchestrate and we carry through and we think that God did it and God did it with all and with all of our strength. <laughs> Like he said on a different occasion, he said, what's God doing in your church that you can't do? Well, that takes it off our hands in a hurry, doesn't it? Sam came to faith in Christ. Every year I go back to Northern Maine, I go by Sam's house because the place that aggravated me so much with his party, the place where I complained before the Lord, the Lord said, you ought to pray to Sam. I go back just to look at his lawn again. They were here to get all over the place. Picking the table out of the road. They had a big fight. And because people prayed, Sarah came to know Christ as Savior. And I go back, it's been over 20 years now, almost 25, just to look at the sign that's on Sam's front yard. 
It's up above the snow. It's got lights on it because you know, people see it all, all the time. Great big red letters. Jesus says. You got a hold of the soul of our kingdom. What a change. Now I'll tell these stories because I don't think we need to know how to pray. I think we need to be motivated Every time in my life I've said to the Lord, Lord, there's a need. When, when the need is desperate, call on me. Feel free to call on me, Lord. Have a prayer. And the Lord has. And I began to pray. I didn't know what I was praying for. It didn't take long for the Lord to tell me what I was praying for. When I stopped praying, the Lord said, no, you're not done. The crisis is no, you pray for me. And I stopped. He said, oh, still on. You pray and all of a sudden it's released. Then you start to realize God's in charge. God's hearing your prayer, given in Massachusetts and in Atlanta to be a God. God's heart is in you. And I want simply to motivate you. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know how heavy your heart is. I don't know how destined you are for God. I don't know if you need direction to close your out of a job. You need wisdom to call you see two things and you don't know which is best. You don't know the future, my God. I don't know if there's a physical thing that's in your family, your life. Or if you simply want to come and pray for someone else. Or if there's a need for salvation in your life or someone else's in this community. But our hearts are familiar today. They're broken before the Lord. Instead of singing this last hymn, thank God I can pray. I'd like you to demonstrate that today. If you'd like to pray where you're at, if you'd like to come to the altar and pray, I'll just ask you to come to pray. I want you to be motivated to prayer because God answers prayer. There have been two other times in my life that I've sensed brokenness as great as I do today. In both of those times, there's been an incident that I've been reminded who God was. And stood by a word. And when I got out of my car today and came into church, I was stopped by a word. It just reminded me that God is God. God is still on His throne. God reigns. I'm thankful for the word. <coughs> if you'd like to come today and pray, not because I'm asking, but because God is putting a burden in your heart. Will you pray? Let's bow our heads. If you'd like to come and join the prayer, come. <coughs>
moved. In your house is not a house of preaching. It's not a house of singing. It's a house of prayer. Father, speak to us about needs in our lives, in our work, in our school, in our families, in our community. May we offer ourselves as a vessel to pray for those needs as you give them to others. And Father, we know that you will be faithful. You are great. Wonders to perform. How marvelous is your name. Our focus is not on our bills. It's not on our hardness. We see Jesus. He's high and mighty and lifted up and we praise his name. I pray you will go with us as your sheep today. Father, pick us up and carry us when we feel like we can't walk anymore. Hold us in your arms. Wipe away our tears. Give joy to your servant, we pray, this day. In Jesus' name, and amen.